Hey guys, this is Philip Slaughter and I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Mansfield, Arkansas. We recently concluded a series on Jonah and so I'm going to be putting this up on the internet here for everyone to listen to. We had some recording difficulties at the beginning of 2018, and so the first couple of sermons of this series did not get recorded. However, the series went great. Um, We had a great response here in our church, and I wanted to be able to share it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend this episode going back and filling in the blanks. We are going to look at the first 10 verses of Jonah, which is what we missed on the recording. When we f- when you finish with this recording, you can go ahead and go on to the next one. The rest of them recorded properly, and so they will be on the website um, following this one. So let's begin in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. So this starts like a lot of places in the Bible, a lot of introductions go this way. We find out immediately um, who the main character is, which in this case is Jonah, uh, as we often do at the beginning of a book, um, find out who the main character or the author is. And in this case, um, Jonah is the main character. And I personally believe that Jonah is also the author. Uh, There are different opinions about that. He is brutally honest about himself if he is the author. This book in the Bible is about a prophet who does not do the right thing. And you're going to see that in in Jonah. But God chases after him and God gives him a second chance. And even though Jonah doesn't have the best attitude in this book, I hope that... um, that you can learn a lot, glean a lot from it. I know I did over the course of preaching through this series. I probably enjoyed preaching through Jonah more than I enjoyed preaching through any book that I've ever preached through. And I was not expecting that to be the case. It caught me by surprise. But this is an incredible book, and I hope that you are challenged by Jonah. And so God brings word to him that he is to go to this city, Nineveh, Uh, Nineveh was north-northeast of where he was, and this is a large city, and he was to go there and call out against it, which means tell them that they have been sinning, that they have been harming others, and that God has heard the cries of the people that they have been that have been crying out against the city and so this is what Jonah's supposed to do and usually in the bible when god comes to a prophet and says go and do this he goes and he does it but in this case let's see what happens verse three but jonah rose to flee tarshish from the presence of the lord so he he's going to flee to tarshish i should have said Um, from where he is and this is in the opposite direction God said go to Nineveh and he's going to go in the opposite direction to Tarshish this doesn't work out well for Jonah as we'll see but he tries to flee from the presence of the Lord and how often do we do this do we know in our gut and our spirit that we are supposed to react one way that we are supposed to do something that God has commanded us through his word or through conviction through truth that we are supposed to do and yet we don't do it And Jonah begins to run from the presence of the Lord, which is a foolish task. You can't run from the presence of the Lord. His presence is everywhere, but he tries nonetheless. He says, he went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. Now, it's important to notice that Jonah chapter 1 mentions going down a lot. He he went down to Tarshish. We'll see this again, or he went down to Joppa, I should say, to, to find a ship going to Tarshish. 
So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa. He went down into the ship. And here's in, something interesting is he paid. It cost him to run away from the Lord. Not only did he not go where God told him to go, but he paid a price to go in the opposite direction of where God told him to go. And I, I wish that, that the full sermon was available for recording, um, but hopefully in this brief summary, this truth will pop out to you, that it always costs us when we decide to run from the presence of the Lord, when we decide to go away from what God has called us to do, it will always cost us. And so he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. And this isn't the last, the only way, I should say, that he paid a price for running from the Lord. Verse 4, But the Lord. Jonah was trying to run away from God, as we often do. However, God had other plans, and I'm thankful he did. The people of Nineveh are thankful that he did, as you will uh, find out as you continue reading through Jonah or listening to these sermons. Jonah wanted to, to not do this, but God chased after him. God convinced him otherwise, and we'll see some of that as we continue studying this book. But how often is this the case in our own lives, where we... As especially Christians, we try to run away from what God desires, or we don't listen to the Holy Spirit or the or conviction or the scriptures, and we end up going in the opposite direction of what God wants. And I'm so thankful that when I have done that in my life, God has not left me there, that he has chased after me, that he has not let me run away to Tarshish, that he has told me, no, I have called you to do a certain thing. I have called you to live a certain way. I have called you to love a certain way. I've called you to be like Jesus. And I'm so grateful that, that God has done that, that he, he won't let me get away from him. Um, verse four, but the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea. So that the ship threatened to break up. Now, this is a ship that people um, that was made to withhold storms like this. Uh, this was a ship made for traveling. This wasn't just a little fishing boat that was going off the shore just a little distance. This is a ship. And the Lord um, is not just Lord of Jonah's life, but he is the Lord of all creation. And so he was able and is still able to control nature in order to get his way and and control anything in order to get his way and do we have a choice in this yes jonah has a choice jonah can keep running jonah can do what he wants if he desires to to pay the price of what it costs to do what he wants he has a choice um however god is also um he has the right to do whatever he wants and he is god he's all-powerful He's omnipotent, and so he can control the wind. He's sovereign. He he can work things out according to his plan. That's his privilege. That's his prerogative. Just as we can run from God, uh, God can chase after us. I'm thankful that verse 4 starts with but, that, that Jonah was not able to run away from the Lord, that the Lord chased after him, and, and he controlled nature in order to get Jonah to, to wake up. Verse 5, Then the mariners were afraid. And each cried out to his God, 
and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. So these are sailors that know what they're doing. And in the first half of verse 5, we see that these these mariners, um, experienced sailors, that they were scared of this storm. They began throwing things into the sea. And if you remember, Jonah, it went down into the ship. Jonah isn't even up there with the sailors. He doesn't even know what's going on, but they're doing everything they can to lighten the ship so that it doesn't sink. If you continue reading in verse 5, it says, But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had laid, lain down and was fast asleep. Now, I don't know how Jonah is sleeping in the midst of this storm. I would hope that if we're running from the Lord that we wouldn't be able to sleep because our conscience is telling us that we are doing something wrong. Even though I say I would hope that, the truth is is that so often when we run from the Lord, our hearts become so hardened that we are able to run from Him and even not even notice that we are sinning, that we have um, strayed away from God's desires and what He wants us to do. And so Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and he, he was asleep. In the middle of this storm, in the middle of this of the danger, he was asleep. There were men up top who needed him, who needed his help. Not just throwing things overboard. They needed him to confess his sins and to repent so that God would spare them. And he's the prophet. If anyone should know this, if anyone should be uncomfortable with their disobedience, it's Jonah. And he's down there comfortably sleeping. And how often do we do that? Maybe you're doing that right now. Maybe you're listening to this podcast, this sermon, and and you know that God has called you to do something, and yet you are running in the opposite direction. Do you think God is going to let you go? Do you think God is just going to say, you know what, that's okay. I don't have to have my way. You can have your way. No, God is going to to work all things together for good, and he's going to do it with or without us. And hopefully we're with him so that he's working it together for our good, for because our our goals and God's goals will be the same. And so what's good for God is good for us. And so hopefully that's the case. But here Jonah was, was fast asleep in the bottom of the ship while all the danger is going on around him. And, and maybe that's us right now. Maybe we're comfortable in our sin. Maybe we're comfort, comfortable in our rebellion. And things are happening around us that are terrible and we're not awake to even notice it spiritually speaking verse 6 so the captain came and said to him what do you mean you sleeper arise call out to your god perhaps the god will give a thought to us that we may not perish this guy's desperate he's he's reaching for anything the captain comes down in the ship and he can't believe that jonah's sleeping he doesn't even know that jonah's a prophet but he can't believe that any man would be sleeping during a storm like this and he's like what are you doing we're about to die crawl out to your god this isn't a man who fears the one true god the 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 god of abraham isaac and and joseph or uh sorry abraham isaac and jacob he was joseph's god too but this is just a man who who is worshiping many gods as as others did during this time and he goes down to jonah who should know what to be doing and and the heathen has to call on the prophet to pray and and how many times can people outside of the church see that that the world is is going through hard times and difficult times and that something needs to be done and they're they're doing whatever they can to help and yet how many christians are asleep in the church how many christians are not doing what God has called them to do. I'm reminded of a Keith Green song. I can't remember the name of it. It might be Asleep in the Light. 
old song from late 70s, early 80s, and it's very convicting. I encourage you to go listen to it. You can pause this sermon and, and go listen to it on YouTube or something right now. That's us. We are, as Christians, so often we don't even see the spiritual necessity of us living for God and being obedient to Him. And we can't see the cost that that and the pain that it's causing the people around us. And here, the non-believer has to, to encourage the believer to pray, to cry out to God, to, to seek Him. Then we get to verse 7, the mariners, they, and they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. This is basically like drawing straws or picking a number between one and a hundred or something like that to see whose fault it was. But this was a way that people used back then to determine what the will of the gods were, you may say. Um, However, uh, sometimes God used this for good. And sometimes God actually uh, allowed the lot to fall in the right place so that people would know. And this is one of those cases. They they cast lots to to see who who was to blame for the storm, and it came up that it was Jonah's fault, which was true, which is the case. Verse 8, Then they said to him, Tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? And where do you come from? And what is your country? And of what people are you? They're like, fill us in. What is going on here? <laughs> and and th- they just want to know more about him. T- tell us on whose account this evil has come upon us. Like, this storm is something supernatural. We want to know where it came from. What's your job? I'm sure they were very surprised to find out that he was a prophet. Um, they probably thought he had an evil occupation that, that a god, of course, they don't believe in the one true god yet, but a god, the little g, had was punishing them for this evil occupation, and he ended up being a prophet of God. And where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? And he said to them in verse 9, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven. And that and that might have been a little liberal of him to say. If he feared the Lord, he, he probably wouldn't be in the situation he's in. But we get the, the gist of it. He He's saying that I believe in, in the, the Lord, the God of heaven. I believe in, and he says, who made the sea and the dry land. He's like the creator of the universe. I believe in him. Then in verse 10, then the men, the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, what is this that you have done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. These non-believers knew that this was a bad idea. You say you believe in this God and you're going to flee from him? Now, not to, to give spoilers, but these men become, become believers and so not only is it good in the long term for Nineveh's sake that God would not let Jonah run in the opposite direction, but this is good for these sailors' sakes, uh, these mariners' sakes, because they were able to see God's power in the storm. And so one thing is for sure, that God can do what God wants to do, that God is all-powerful, that He is sovereign. And so if we run from Him, that doesn't mean that he won't still get his way. God is God. But if we run from him, we don't get to partake in the blessings and in the joy of him using us to accomplish his will and his purposes. You see, these men came to know the Lord despite Jonah's rebellion. And God used even Jonah's rebellion for his glory. And he can do that in our lives. But if we run from God, 
then we should not expect the blessings to be associated with us and our obedience that we shouldn't expect to to have be in right relationship right fellowship i should say with the lord what's going on in your life right now do people see that you're not where you need to be do you see that are you asleep in the bottom of the ship jonah was a man of god he was a prophet he i would hope that he had a a, a proper relationship with god <laughs> for most points of his adult life i would hope i don't know that he chose to run from god and there was a lot going on here okay it's not like jonah just ran for no reason um god told him to go to nineveh and uh, nineveh was the enemy of israel they had mistreated a lot of people and that's why god sent jonah to nineveh because the the cries of the people that they had persecuted and hurt um, had come up before God. People were praying, God, do something with Nineveh. Do something with this city that's causing this pain. Jonah had a reason to not like Nineveh. But when God calls us to do something, we have to listen to him. And of course, in the New Testament, we're taught to love our enemies. And so Jonah, if God called Jonah to go there, he should have, yes, they had mistreated him. Yes, they had done things against him. But he should have desired to go there. He should have desired to see God move in the lives of those people because he knew how much they needed God. He knew how, how the city had neglected him and how they had persecuted others. And yet his prejudice against this, these people in this city was so great that he ran in the opposite direction. He didn't want them to be forgiven, as we will come to find out in later chapters. And so he had a reason as far as a human, from a human perspective, to not go to Nineveh. But we can't do what we want when we're followers of Jesus. We have to do what he wants. We can't just do what makes us comfortable, what makes us richer, what makes us happier. We have to do what God has called us to do because it's what's right and it's what's best and it's what's going to be best for the most people. And, it, and more importantly, it's going to be what glorifies God the most. And so God knows better than we do. If God calls us to do something, we have to do it. And so in conclusion, I hope that if if there is something or somewhere or some some people that God has called you to go or go to, I pray that you would reconsider your disobedience. That if you've been hesitating and saying yes, just say yes now. Whatever God desires, go. Because he knows what's best and we need to do what he desires for us to do, not what we want to do. I appreciate you guys listening to this. I hope it's challenging, but as we continue, I hope that this book is encouraging. We're going to see God do some incredible things over the next few chapters. We're going to see God's heart for the people, for, for all people to know him, and, and even when his people disobey him like Jonah did, that he is still in love with the nations, that he still desires to bless us and to know us and to and he desires to show mercy he shows mercy to jonah he shows mercy to nineveh you're going to see that in the coming chapters and yet he is not in, in the same god who is merciful and long-suffering he is not afraid to act when he needs to act and we see this in this book also and so i hope that you enjoyed these next few weeks um, of sermons that will be on the internet 
and and I hope that they encourage you and challenge you. And if they did, I just you know encourage you to to share them with others so that they can uh, be encouraged and challenged in the same ways that you were. Uh, let let me say a prayer for us, and uh, I hope that you guys are blessed. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would convict us. If we're running from you, convict us. Show us that that's not what we need to do. Lord, I pray that you would bring circumstances into our life, that you you would protect us from harm, but that you would do something that wakes us up, that you would not let others around us to, to be um, harmed by our disobedience, that you would wake us up before that. Lord, I pray if you have to send the captain into the down into the bottom of the ship where we are, whatever that means in our lives, I pray that you would do it. I pray that you would wake us up, and I pray that you would challenge us. God, I, I thank you that you are sovereign. I thank you that you know best, and I thank you that you don't leave us to our own devices, that you chase after us when we run from you and when we don't do what we need to do. Uh, God, I just pray that you would be glorified in our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.